Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer on this Monday morning, September 27th. I hope you're having a great, I hope you're anticipating a great week. I know I am. I'm quite excited about this series that we're going to begin, this new set of messages. It's going to be based on the verse, Psalm 37.4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I think there's a lot for us to learn from this, and I think you're going to be quite blessed by what we talk about in the next few days. But wait a minute. Isn't the heart deceitful and sick above all else? Who can understand it? Of course, this is what Jeremiah 17 verse 9 tells us. And dare I say, as a young Christian, this was a verse that uh, was shared with me often. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? And so this was shared with me, and of course, I've shared it with others. And, and when working with, you know, unsaved people who've been taught to follow your heart, whatever your heart tells you, how can something be wrong if it feels so good? The, the culture we live in, basically has abandoned any sort of objective truth or submission to God. Indeed, rebellion against God is on the increase. We've all, we all were part of the rebellion before we were saved, but there's an increase in a more blatant and shameless rebellion against God that basically says, whatever's in your heart, follow it. Whatever you feel is right. It can't be wrong if it feels right to you. And truth has been often abandoned in, in, um, in, to, in, ref, in deference to feelings. And so it's important as we minister to people to remind them what Jeremiah 17, 9 says. The heart is deceitful above all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? But then you go to other verses. Today's verse, Psalm 37, 4, that God will give you the desires of your heart. How about Matthew 5, verse 8? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Or in, in uh, Luke 18, 15, when Jesus is telling, telling the parable in, in Luke of the, the four soils upon which the sower sows the seed, the fourth soil, the one not, not the hard soil, not the rocky soil, not the thorny soil, but the fourth soil in Luke 18, 15, he describes as good those who hear the word of God with a good and virtuous heart. And there the seed sinks in deep and bears fruit, a harvest, 30, 60, 100 fold. So what gives here? Is the heart deceitful and sick? Or is the, can you have a good and virtuous heart, a pure heart, a heart that God would delight to grant the desires that you have in your heart? Well, I think context always matters. And as has been said before, um, to know truth, we must, under, we must realize that it is written. And then again, it is written. But sometimes we need to compare verses with one another, compare context, and realize what's being said and, um, uh, in, in its appropriate context so we interpret it properly. Jeremiah 17, 9 is interesting because here the, 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 the Jews are being rebuked. 
Look in verse 1 of 17, chapter 17. The sin of Judah is written down with an iron stylus, with a diamond point. It is engraved upon the tablet of their heart and on the horns of their altars. What's engraved upon the tablet of their heart? Their sin. Their sin was engraved on the tablet of their heart. Later on in, in verses uh, 5, Jeremiah 17, verse 5, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in mankind and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He'll be like a brush in the desert and will not see when prosperity comes, but will live in stony wastes in the wilderness, a land of salt without inhabitant. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. He'll be like a tree planted by water, extends its root by a stream. We're not fear when the heat comes, but its leaf will be green. Its leaves will be green, and will not cease to be anxious. And and it will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor cease to yield fruit. Well, these are two different people we're talking about here. One, they they don't trust in the Lord, and their heart turns away from the Lord. And the other, their trust is in the Lord. And then the next verse, the heart is deceitful above all else, desperately sick. Who can understand? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind to give to each man according to his ways, according to the result of his deeds. So in the context of Jeremiah 17, I believe we're talking about unregenerate people. We're talking about people whose heart has turned away from the Lord, whose heart has their sin engraved upon it. This, we would say, theologically today, would be the unsaved person. And we should warn the unsaved person, be careful. The heart is desperately sick. The heart is deceitful. Only God ultimately can understand it. And we need to challenge the unsaved person to allow God to search their heart. And they need to be very, very careful that they don't turn away from the Lord and just pursue their heart, because often the desires of the heart are in conflict with the will of God. And so this is the unsaved person. But how about God's promise? In Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26, God makes a promise. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. This is God's promise to us. This is what happens, shall we say, this is what happens when a person is born again. That's why in John 3, verses 3 through 5, Jesus told Nicodemus, he didn't tell him to be reformed or just get a new morality or try harder. He said, you need to be born again. You need a new, a new birth, what we would call being regenerate. The heart of John, Jeremiah 17 was the unregenerate. And I might add, Paul talks a lot about the same unregenerate heart in the first three chapters of Romans. But this is where we need to be born again. And Ezekiel tells us God would give us a new heart when we are born again. That's why in Paul also, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, tells us this. Uh, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature, a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, new has come. You're a new creation. You're a new creature. God has given you a new heart. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If 
you have been born again. And Paul talks further about this concept of the new heart in Romans chapter 2 and verse 29. Here he's talking about circumcision. And he's talking about the outward. The Jews, their religion was outwardly keeping the law. But what really mattered to God was in Romans 2 verse 29, he says this, for he, but he is the Jew who he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that which is of the heart by the spirit, not by the letter, and his praise is not from men, but from God. My my friends, our religion starts on the inside. Our religion starts when we are born again, when God gives us a new heart makes us a new creature, circumcises the heart, shall we say, takes away from us. He doesn't just fix the heart. He gives us a new heart, takes away that heart of of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. That, That, my friends, is good news because God is changing us from the very inside. Now, when I see in Scripture, I think, though, in fairness, there are three types of heart that I see in the Bible. Number one, we've talked about Jeremiah 17, 9, the unregenerate heart. Romans, the first three chapters of Genesis of Romans talk a lot about the unregenerate heart, that the heart of man is wicked, deceitful. It misleads us. It lies to us. It tricks us. Our feelings, our emotion, our, our innermost being is, well, if it's in rebellion to God, it will lead us in the wrong place. And a rebellious heart, an unregenerate heart, is a dangerous thing. Secondly, we have what we've talked about here, the saved heart, the regenerate heart, the new heart, the heart of flesh that God gives us, takes out that heart of stone, the good heart, the virtuous heart. But then thirdly, I might add, I would call it the dedicated heart. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus talks about uh, that we would love the Lord our God, the great commandment, that love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all our mind, all our strength, but we love him with all of our heart. We become like David, a man after God's own heart. Our heart would become in alignment with God's heart. Our heart would be dedicated to God. Just being saved begins, begins God gives us this new heart, but still there can be thoughts and desires from the old way of life. I don't believe Psalm 37.4 just means that, if, that if, if I have all kinds of worldly, fleshly, uh, me-first desires in life and I get saved, then that just means now I put a stamp of, for the glory of God on them and I have all those same desires. No, but some desires God gave you at birth and some desires may be very God-given and once we become born again, and dedicated to the Lord, God may take some of those same desires and sanctify them, make them holy for His glory. This is what we're going to be talking about this week. And so I'm, we're going to talk about maybe there have been some suppressed desires. Maybe, maybe you believing that Jeremiah 17.9 still relates to you after following Christ, maybe for years, and God giving you a new heart, and maybe even you becoming a very dedicated Christian, there were still desires God had put in your heart, and you felt, no, those, those need to be suppressed because 
there of me and my heart's wicked. Well, we're going to talk about this, but I'd like to suggest, I'd like to maybe open the door today that there might be desires in your heart that God has put there that are not wicked, that are not deceitful, that rather He wants to fulfill. I hope you'll join me as we pray here, as we continue throughout the next few days discussing and digging into this verse. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. This could be a revolutionary verse for you. It could really change the whole direction of where you're headed. Amen? Father, thank you. Thank you today that when we came to Christ, you made us a new creature. You took out that heart of stone and gave us a heart of flesh. You took out, you, you delivered us from the rebellion. We were going our own ways. We were, we were in rebellion to you. Our heart was sick. It misled us. It lied to us. It told us good was good, what was good was evil and what was evil is good. It, it led us either subtly or blatantly away from you. And it led us into a way that would have, we would have been cursed. Cursed is the man who trusts in his own flesh and whose heart turns away from the Lord. But Father, we thank you for the gospel. Thank you in the gospel. You did so much more than forgive our sins. We're grateful for that, Father. But you did so much more. You gave us a new heart. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you that your gospel message and your salvation and the, the goodness of God and the newness you've given us, it's, it relates now. It's not just when we die and go to heaven. It's now what you're doing. You're doing a new thing, a revolutionary thing. We thank you. Father, today I want to pray that you would teach us to truly delight in you. And I pray that you would teach us to discern the, desire, the heart desires that you have put within us, that it's your desire to fulfill. It's your desire to grant. And Lord, I pray that you would, I pray that even as we go through these verses and we talk about these ideas this week, that people on this live stream with me, I pray, Father, that they might have a new enthusiasm, a new uh, vision, a fresh excitement about what you're doing in and through them. I pray, Father, that God-given heart desires that maybe have been suppressed would be released and would find new life. I pray, Father, make us into the men and women. I, I believe, Lord, you have, you, you, I believe you take ordinary men and women and you give us desires and you change us and you transform us and, and you give us a life that turns us into to people who do extraordinary things in the name of our God. And I pray for that. I pray that for me. I pray that for everyone in this live stream that you'd help us to navigate through these issues this week. We bless you and we praise you with all of our heart. Thank you, the living God. Thank you. We have a relationship with you. Thank you, Lord. It's not all cookie cutter. It's not all the same. You, have, you, you, you know each one of us intimately. And for this, we praise you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, as you can tell, I'm excited about this message. I think it's going to be encouraging to you. So I hope you join me every day this week. If you don't subscribe to my email, make sure you do because I write about some of the same concepts there. So go to TomThePreacher.com and make sure you sign up for my email. And share this with some friends. If you know of others who maybe their life isn't as joyful as it ought to be, 
Maybe their life is not as overcoming as it ought to be. Maybe if you know people who think following Christ is kind of a drudgery and duty and not a joy and delight, as it ought to be, make sure and say, hey, you ought to uh, encourage them to come and be part of this series this week. I think it's going to be encouraging for them. So you have a great day. God bless you. Walk in the Spirit. Make sure you have the joy of the Lord today because that is our strength. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.